Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast with Julie Williams and VoiceOver Insider Editor Gary McFadden. I'm so glad you tuned in to our VoiceOver Insider Podcasts, where we bring VoiceOver Insider information directly to you. You can sign up to be notified every time we've got a new free podcast or other insider information regarding voiceovers at voiceoverinsider.com. I'm Julie Williams. Recently, I went to FAF Camp Voiceover Conference, and one lady's session was was so enlightening to me that I had to invite her to share her wisdom with you. We have got the McFadden Minute coming up uh, shortly, but first I would like to introduce to you Heather Costa. Now, Heather is a voiceover pro with more than a decade of experience. She works out of her ISDN studio in New York. She's your quintessential hipster mom. Her love for social media has been an essential part of her success, building relationships and establishing clients and agents. She's got a long list of major clients, by the way, Subway, Absolute Vodka, Skittles, Hilton, PetSmart, Walmart, Playtex, Infinity, eBay, and the Educational Testing Service, and then some. Heather, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Cool. Most of us are, are uh, we use social media, right? I mean, we know how to put our daughter's recital on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> but how do we actually find clients on social media and, and really literally make it work for us? Well, the biggest thing with social media is that uh, it's all about building relationships. You have to look at yourself, not just, you know, who can I connect with that's going to hire me for work? Who's looking for the next voice talent for their job? But who can I get to know? What businesses are out there that I have an interest in that I have something to offer and in turn they can get me work? So it's all about narrowing that down and finding those businesses on social media, your clients, people you want to become your clients, and just interacting with them and and building that relationship. Okay, so how do we do that? How do we find them? Well, uh, first of all, I would recommend starting with your clients and looking them up on Twitter and Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, Pinterest, and liking their page, following them, um, okay. becoming their friend. Uh, and, you know, just kind of start the conversation from there. It's uh, Think of it like a big water cooler. <laughs> you know, just, okay. Yeah. So is it like um, I want to find somebody that I would like to work for so I, I find their website and then I look them up on social media or maybe they have a link and then I try to connect there? Yeah, absolutely. You could do either. Um, oftentimes when I'm looking for, let's say I'm looking for explainer video companies that I want to market myself to, um, you know, I'll do Google searches and check out their websites. And oftentimes I will be pulled in by great websites because their graphics are great. Their layout is great. I really like them as a company from what I'm seeing. And even better when they have a blog and they have information that they're sharing, information that I can relate to. And I want to join in that conversation. And that's what social media is. So let's say there's this explainer video company and they have a blog. So I follow them on Twitter, for example. And I may tweet about their blog and with the little comment about how I'm connecting, hey, check out these great tips on whatever it is that I personally benefited from reading. And I tag them and I use the proper hashtags, you know, hashtag explainer video, hashtag voiceover, because you want to make sure they know why you're tweeting about their stuff. Right. And um, then, you know, hopefully they retweet your tweets, they follow you. And before you know it, you have this relationship going. And you can interact with them that way. And also then I find 
when I go to pick up the phone or I send them, I mail them something, I have a starting point. Hey, we follow each other on Twitter. Just wanted to introduce myself officially, you know, so I find that's a great kind of icebreaker. And and like I said, it's a start of building a relationship, which is long term, not just a quick one job kind of thing. what I think I hear you saying is that um, when you're when you're connecting with these people, the first thing that you do is find them and do something nice for them. You don't find them and say, hey, follow me. Right. Correct. I you actually yeah. are doing something for them. Yep, exactly. OK, well, so then they follow you because you've done something for them. Well, they you know, it depends. Some people will always follow whoever follows them. Other people. You know, they may say, oh, wow, that was really nice that she did that. Let me follow her back. Or what you hope is they're like, oh, let me check out her, you know, little profile on Twitter, which is why it's super important that your your social media profiles are consistent with your branding. And it's really obvious right away what you are and what you do. You know, if I didn't have voiceover on there with a link to my website, they'd have no idea. And then that would be pointless. Um, yeah. So you hope that they they click on my profile, they see what I do. Oh, wow, I want to follow her. That's pretty cool. And they're, you know, they've started that relationship back. So now how do you how do you figure out what to post as far as the balance of business and personal? Mm-hmm. Or or do you have separate accounts for that? Uh, for me, for most of it, I do as one. Um, a lot of it is because I'm just that type of person. <laughs> but I think also, my personality, my my personal life is 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 kind of part of my brand. You know, being a young mom and and you know a, a mom with young kids and and just having that type of voice, it it fits. Um, so for Facebook, I have a personal page and a business page. Um, if I have never met somebody before, I don't know who they are. I'm not going to accept them on my Facebook personal page because I do put personal stuff up there about my kids. I would, you know, recommend that they follow my business page. For things like Twitter and Google+, I use mostly business, but I also do incorporate personal things in there as well. Um, you know, I'll tweet a lot about parenting things and, and because, um, you know, for example, because I have that voice, I have that young mom voice, mm-hmm. talking about parenting things that I can relate to being a mom also helps to target those types of businesses that I want a voice for. Right. So it kind of all inner, you know, uh, interconnects. That's good. That's awesome. Okay. Now, one of the things, um, once we figure out what to post and, mm-hmm. and we want to be able to tag them um, so that they see that we're posting, you know, how awesome they are. Um, one of the things that's a mystery to a lot of us is how to tag and mm-hmm. hashtag correctly and why. Okay. That's a great question. Um I like to use a program. Twitter is my favorite, personally. For uh, Facebook, I use a lot for personal and some business um, because, again, it's building relationships. But Twitter is my main focus for social media ongoing marketing because it's a moving thing. And I just feel that I get the most from that, um, you know, personally, and I just enjoy it. So I use a program called Hootsuite. So I will, you know, when I'm writing a tweet, I'm writing it in Hootsuite and I'm, I'm, I also have Twitter open at the same time. So I will look up the businesses in Twitter, find out their correct handle, follow them if I choose. Uh, if nothing else, I'm grabbing their handle from Twitter and dropping it into my post in Hootsuite. You can search in Hootsuite for people's handles, which is the at, like mine is at Heather Costa VO, mm-hmm. um, 
you can find it in Hootsuite, but sometimes I find it's not as, I don't know. I don't, I just don't think it's as sharp as Twitter for finding handles for some reason. I don't know why. So I'll have Twitter open and Hootsuite. So tagging correctly is finding the business that you are talking about. You know, let's say there's an article in the New York Times, but somebody else wrote it and I want to tag both people. So I'll look up the author and of course I'll look up the website, you know, I'll look up the company. Um, as far as hashtagging, there, uh, a lot of people ask me, are there trends that I should follow? Not necessarily. You know, you want to make sure that you're hashtagging what's relevant. You don't want too many hashtags. You know, I try to do no more than two to three in a post. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hashtag is that pound sign. So if I'm, you know, using that explainer video as an example, if I'm writing a tweet about that explainer video company, I'm going to hashtag explainer video, all one word. So you can't have a space in your hashtag or it will only hashtag what's immediately after the pound sign. Okay. So I would hashtag explainer video and then I'll hashtag voiceover or VO, depending upon the space that I have, uh, so that people that are searching explainer video companies or looking for information about explainer videos, if they search hashtag explainer video, that's going to come up and hashtag voiceover, it's going to come up. So the hashtags I see as being twofold. Um, One, when people are searching hashtags, that way they can find the information they're looking for. And also so that when people see the tweet, they know what the connection is. You know, Mm. they can look right away and be like, oh, explainer videos. Yeah, I want to read that. I want to check that out. I'm going to retweet that. So is there a, are there rules? Like I have to tell you, the first time I ever did a hashtag, my nephew laughed at me. (laughs) It was because I put something, it was on Google, Mm -hmm. uh, Google Plus, and I put something, something, hashtag voiceover, blah, 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 blah. So the word voiceover was actually the hashtag. Yeah. And he said, no, you're supposed to put it all at the end. And he laughed and said, you're wrong, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Well, not to, you know, say he's wrong because there's no right or wrong with social media. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I do that all the time. You know, I... If I have a word in the phrase that I'm putting in the tweet or on Facebook or, you know, wherever, I'm going to hashtag it in there. I'm not going to repeat it at the end. But if if I have a phrase and nowhere in there is the word voiceover, then I will stick it at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so both, to answer your question. <laughs> One of the things I learned about um, uh, about hashtagging and, and handles uh, during your session at FAFCAMP, which mm. I had no idea, probably a lot of people have no clue about this, is that if you start your tweet with a handle, yes, it's going to limit the amount of people who will see it. Correct. So if you start your tweet with somebody's handle, only the people that are your connections will see it. If you put anything in front of it, you know, a period or another word, and then the handle, your followers and their followers will see it. I'm not quite sure why, but yeah. So if I could put a a period space, hashtag Heather Costa VO. Uh, At sign, not hashtag. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> at sign, at yep. like the handle, the handle, Heather yes, Costa. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yep. Thank you for correcting that sure. because <laughs> I know what I meant to say, but someone else might get confused over what I did say. So, okay. So we've talked about, um, we've talked about how to find the right people 
mm-hmm. by searching out the companies you want to work for and going to them and, and maybe retweeting something in their blog or congratulating them for an award or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, how to figure out what to, what to post, uh, the balance of business and personal, how to tag and hashtag, and how to get them to follow you is hopefully once you do the other, they, they are following you. And this is a foundation to reach them. What about um, our websites? I mean, we need to have links to all of our social media pages on the websites, don't we? Yes. So on your website, first of all, social media is fantastic, but it should Mm -hmm. be in addition to all the other marketing you're doing and your own website. It shouldn't be in place of. So on your own website, you should have links to your social media sites and vice versa. So on your social media sites, you should also have a link to your website. Now, my sister keeps trying to get me to get on Pinterest. And frankly, Mm -hmm. she puts pictures and recipes up there, and I'm just not interested. Oh, I love Pinterest. (laughs) You love Pinterest. So tell me, how does Pinterest help our voiceover careers? Well, um, again, I like to see it as combining my personal self and my business self because, you know, I see that as long-term relationships with clients. You have a great voice, you get that job. You do a good job, you hope for the next job. They like you as a person they may come back even more. Um, So on my Pinterest Pinterest page, I will have different boards, you know, things to do with the kids, recipes, uh, places I want to go travel, voiceover, and so on and so forth. So I, if someone goes to my main Pinterest, Pinterest page, they will see all those different boards. Anything with a video or a photo you can pin. Um, And I also use Pinterest for basically kind of um, gathering information. So let's say I'm doing a Google search for different companies because I'm, I'm doing tweets at that moment and I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm organizing all my tweets. But I find a company that isn't on Twitter, but I still want to market to them. I'm not going to stop and enter them into my database and, or write them an email because my mind is focused right now on Twitter. So I'll quickly hit my little pin it button. Um, and all of these are free, by the way. Uh, I just mm-hmm. click my little pin it button and I put it, I post it onto my Pinterest board that I have as set as private. So I have one on my Pinterest board that's voiceover marketing that's private. Only I can see it. Or if you have, you know, an intern or an assistant, you can give them access as well. And then on a separate time when I'm doing, you know, okay, so now I'm going to go to that board and I'm going to enter all those people into my database and I'm going to send them all an email or however I want to do it. It didn't break my train of thought. So I use Pinterest to gather information, quickly pin, boom, done, on to the next thing, as well as pinning stuff about, you know, things that I like as a person (laughs) and things about the voiceover industry that I put into a voiceover board. So, yeah, so then what you're doing is you're you're, uh, pinning what you want to Mm -hmm. for the public Mm -hmm. and for your clients to see about what a mom you are and that type thing. Yep. But then you've got this private blackboard on the back that nobody else will see in the back room where you keep notes that you can go to later about somebody that you pinned. But Yep. Okay. That's awesome. All right. I guess I'll have to get on there. (laughs) (laughs) One of the other things you talked about is um, LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that we should connect with everybody. And I'm thinking, I mean, there are people asking me that that I don't even know. They're not even in the industry. I mean, who is this person? But you're saying we should connect with everybody. With LinkedIn, I really see no harm, honestly, Um, unless for some reason it looks like a spam or some, you know, red flag goes up. There's Mm -hmm. no reason not to accept because LinkedIn is purely business. And with voiceover marketing, anybody could hire you for voiceover, as you know. So somebody that looks like 
oh, wow, they work at this company, you know, whatever. I, I don't know who they are. They have no connection. And then next month they're calling you up for a voiceover job. You know, so anybody could be a potential connection. Um, and yeah, LinkedIn's all business anyway. So you're not putting personal stuff on there. I, I say accept them all um, unless for some reason you don't want to. And is LinkedIn really working for people? Oh, yeah. Voiceover? Yep, absolutely. I um, I booked a job not too long ago just by being on there. I wasn't even trying. This particular production company was looking to add voice talent to their roster. So very smartly, they went to LinkedIn and they looked up the talent that they already work with and reached out to that talent's connections. And because mm. I was connected to that talent, they saw my page, they went to my website, listened to my demos, and I got the job. Awesome. Well, I guess I'll have to do that too. <laughs> it's just, you know, I, I was probably like one of the very first people on um, on LinkedIn. I mean, I'm thinking 2002 or something hmm. like that. I mean, it was a long time ago when they first started. But I never really did anything with it. And, yeah. you know, here a decade and more later, everybody's on it and I don't have a clue how it works. Yeah, no, it's so it's always changing. Um, the thing with social media also is, yes, I'm on all these different sites, but you really want to pick one or two that are your main focus. So for me, it's Twitter when it comes to marketing and Facebook for personal and um, and again, marketing. So when I have something big that I want to share, like an article that I've written, a blog article, I will post mm -hmm. it on all the different social media sites, but I stagger it out. So I'm not hitting every site that I have because a lot of people follow me in multiple places. So I'm not hitting everybody all at the same time. Um, you know, I'll post it on Facebook and then maybe tomorrow I'll hit it on Twitter, you know, and so on and so forth. So great idea. Mm -hmm. I have to take that one into account. <laughs> now, it, it, you got to there's a learning curve. And it's a yeah. different learning curve for each one of these. Every one of these sites has done a little bit differently. Yeah. Where do you find the time to learn it all? And then how do you find the time to manage it all? Well, um, it, it, first of all, it helps if it's something you're interested in. And for me, it is. You know, it's, it's being a voice talent, as you know, you're by yourself all the time, you know. So yeah. it's kind of like, that's your outlet, you know. Um, Twitter did take, there was a big learning curve for me with Twitter. And then once I figured it out, Oh my gosh, it was like smooth sailing. I mean, with social media, when it comes to marketing or just social media in general, I'm all about get in, get out, get on with the rest of your day, you know? Mm -hmm. So I will set aside time, maybe an hour on a Sunday or first thing on Monday, and I'll, and I'll plan out everything I'm going to tweet about for the week. Um, with Facebook and, and other sites, if I happen to be, you know, I just need a moment, five minutes to space out, I'll quickly hop on Facebook and, and see what's going on. And same thing with Twitter and retweet and, oh, pop on LinkedIn and, oh, that's cool. Yeah, let me connect with that person. So it's part of my every day, but it does not consume me by any means. And what's really cool is once you have a place in social media and your branding is everywhere and people know who you are, you can go away for weeks and nobody's going to notice. <laughs> no offense, but you can. And then it's like, oh, hey, oh, yeah, cool. She posted something. Like they don't realize I hadn't been posting. You know, it's life gets in the way. This should be fun and just a part of what you do. Definitely not your main focus. It should help what you're already doing. Is there anything that you would like to add that I, as a, a novice, definitely for social media, didn't ask? Um, you had some great questions. Uh, just like I said, have fun with it and don't let it, you know, definitely don't let it stress you out. Um, pick a couple that you're really happy with and kind of go for it. Just jump in. <laughs>
We've been talking with um, Heather Costa, a voiceover talent based out of New York City, by the way. Um, if you would like to reach her on social media, you can go. Um, her handle is at Heather Costa VO on Twitter. You can definitely find her there. Um, and to Heather, thank you so much for joining us. I, I learned, I, I was in your whole session and I learned more now. Too. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Thank you so much for having me. And now, the McFadden Minute. Hi. A number of podcasts back, I talked about some of my warm-up routines. I got a number of responses to that one, several people asking me to never sing again on a podcast, even if it was to demonstrate warming up. But others sent some of the warm-up routines they use. One technique intrigued me enough to try it and subsequently add it to my routine. It involves blowing and humming through a narrow straw, the kind you often get to stir cream or sugar into your coffee. There are several recommended actions, including blowing lightly into a glass of water, like you did when you were a kid and someone handed you a glass of chocolate milk and a straw. This warm-up method has been popularized by Ingo Tizzi at the National Center for Voice and Speech at the University of Utah. If you search for I-N-G-O, T-I-T-Z-E, straw, at YouTube, you'll find a short instructional video. I've found this really does relax my throat and gets my vocal cords warmed up, but I can't recommend it with chocolate milk before doing a narration. Hey, my minute's up. I'll see you next time. You've been listening to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast with Julie Williams. Be sure to join us next week for more VoiceOver Insider information and another edition of the McFadden Minute.